You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. This week, Pastor Josh preached on the fifth commandment in our series through the Ten Commandments. It was the command to honor your father and mother. On the podcast today, we're discussing what it practically means to obey or honor your parents. This may seem an easy thing when a person has healthy parents, but what does it look like in situations where a parent is toxic or actively abusive? Also, is this command to be obeyed if your parents are not believers? Finally, this command comes with a promise. How does that promise apply to us as modern-day followers of Jesus? We're talking about all of this and more today on After the Message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey Mike. Hey. <laughs> I thought I'd just see what would happen if I made an awkward pause, pause there it before was, we started. It was great. There was yeah. a lot of pause. It was great. Yeah. The counselor in me was loving it. I was like, this is good, man. You should lean into that some. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you're on stage, just stand up there and just... That's right. Just like that. Yeah, don't don't feel don't feel the need to fill the, the silence. That's that pause make you caught feel. what you were doing there. So <laughs> dead air, dead air. <laughs> anyway, how's everyone? Great, buddy. Was, how, are, how are you? Uh good, good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. It was a busy we week. Kinsley. We got Josh Kinsley in the room today and he is uh he's awake slightly. For now. So For now. Yeah, because uh why would you be so tired today, Josh Kinsley? Yeah, so Day after Together Weekend, which is our Disciple Now event that we do with six other churches in the Madison County area. So, uh, man, it was, it was a really great weekend. We had over 800 kids in our building as we hosted it this year and um, man, just had a great time. And it felt like 800 kids. It I mean, just walking through the building. Every like bit of it. It was yep. like 2, maybe 8,000 kids. 8, kids. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was awesome. Um, no, it really was a great weekend. Um, we had Brian Crawford, who's a friend of ours over from Vicksburg at City Light Church and did a great job just walking us through new life and what that looks like. And, um, we had a, a band called Port City Worship who, Mike, I think, you know, some of them, know several of, know yeah. some of them. So they were, they were awesome. They were just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, really spirit led. Did some things that you don't normally see in a student ministry arena, especially with middle schoolers involved. Uh, but it was great. It was great that our students got to experience that. Um, okay, well now you have to explain. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess I should. So like we didn't sacrifice every... animals in the worship. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the I mean, we oh, might have gotten close. Table. You actually <laughs> might see that in middle school. Never mind. So every session we did three sessions we had a, they had a specific prayer time mm-hmm. like they would stop everything and we just prayed so there was three different specific ones i didn't i was not in there for the second one to see exactly what they did i'll tell you tell me it was my favorite one. i'm serious nice so the funny thing about the awkward silence part is is that exactly that's exactly what they that's did what it was. Yeah. yeah and man and it was probably it short in description but in in practice a minute and a half of silence mm-hmm. with 820 mm-hmm. yep. students 
was a miracle in reality. Yeah. Like it was insane. Yeah. But no one said a word. Yeah. You saw a lot of closed eyes, bowed head, bowed heads. I think actually reflecting. Mm-hmm. And like I, I've seen a lot of student ministry worship bands through the years. Easily, easily one of the top ones I've seen. Wow. Really, really, they were really great, great were, leaders. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. And then on the last night, it was kind of a community thing. So gather up with a group of students. They kind of moved all around the worship center, got together with their small groups and, and prayed for each other, prayed with each other. Um, so it was just cool moments all, all the way around. Um, but we don't do it just for cool moments. We don't do it just for the hype of the weekend. So we're still filtering through decision cards, which we'll be doing at our evaluation in at lunch, but I know of one house that had three boys in that house, tenth grade boys, that made a decision to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. I mean, I just like mm. you know, I, I I appreciate all of the hey, it was a great weekend. It it went through. The details were good. You know, we're always going to have things to, that we miss and we'll work on. And but it doesn't feel successful to me until I can hear that. And I know we don't always get the number. We don't always know the conversations and the work that God's done in somebody's life. But that for me, I mean, that's just why we do the whole thing. And so um, just praise God that he showed up, did his work, and um, just used us to be vessels to carry his gospel and good news. And mm-hmm. kids responded to that. So mm-hmm. um, it was Sweet. it was great. Great weekend. I'm proud. If I can just take a second, like our entire staff, entire staff just – was huge and integral to make it happen this year. Um, our church family was fantastic. I mean, I, I kind of told people, like, I know this won't be on the level of Wow Week, but I want it to be close, mm-hmm. the way that our church family gets involved and mm-hmm. and loves students. And it was great. Our church family stepped up and really filled a lot of gaps and served. And, um, man, it was just a great weekend. I'm proud to be a part of this church part of the staff it's fantastic mm. proud for you to lead our high school students mm-hmm. man yeah and thanks for joining the podcast today yeah yeah so yeah I, <laughs> Whether you i'm gonna to be or honest <laughs> uh i woke up this morning looked at my calendar and went oh boy <laughs> so I sat down and pulled up the message and re-listened to it and took notes because, because you were busy. When Josh got up yesterday morning, I went down to pick up my Bible and my notebook, and yep. they weren't there. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and re-listen. So nice. here we are. Wow, love well, it. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, you know, dive in when I can. Chime in, <laughs> Chime in when I can. Thank yeah. you. Lost the wording yeah. there. <laughs> So, um, yeah, for those who are listening, uh, so my name's Mike Haight. Uh, we also have in the room Neil Marsh, uh, Josh Braddy, Preston Crow. Of course, you know Josh Kinsley and Chase Hammock as producer. What? And so uh, it's good to have all you guys in the room today. We, uh, we hit the f- fifth commandment fifth. this past Sunday, so, uh, which was honor your father and mother, and uh, which felt like an appropriate uh, yeah. uh, command to to be preaching on. The, I, the I, I think of, I was in kind of one of those initial meetings about the sermon series, and I saw that date and what it was going to be. I was like, <laughs> "Yes, God, yes." <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't really planned that way. It just kind of right. happened. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. You know, it's not like we we coordinated it mm. in that way, but it's perfect. Um, but it did work out mm-hmm. well. Um, so yeah, so uh, 
Man, I you know, I mean, if we're talking in an overall way, so we had a deacons meeting after church, uh, after the services in life group yesterday, and one of the questions we always do kind of an icebreaker thing, and one of the questions was, hey, what are you getting out of? Like, what stood out to you most in these, um, these this series on the Ten Commandments? And uh, at our table, I just I found it really interesting hearing all the all the comments, but I think there was a common thread uh, in that, you know. You hear, hey, we're going to have a series on the Ten Commandments, and you think, oh, well, that's like really basic. Like that's stuff I've been hearing since I was a kid. Right. You know, I know all about that. Um, but then you get into the series, and you realize how much you don't know, or how much you you're learning, or how many layers and how much depth there is to it that you mm-hmm. you weren't aware of. Uh, and so, um, man, I I, th- I just think this this whole series has been really helpful in that way. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if any of that's been a surprise to you as, you, as you've studied for it, Josh. But a complete surprise. I've, yeah. I've never, um, I've never studied the Ten Commandments uh, in this depth. Uh, I've, I've read them. I've maybe done a Bible study or two on them, um, but I've never preached them. And and it has been a joy uh, and almost, in some ways, uh, a terrifying experience to mm. do that um, because it feels like, uh, if you can imagine, maybe maybe this this illustration will be helpful to you. Uh, I remember. Um, Going over to my uncle's house, they had a. They were the only family member of ours who had a swimming pool, uh, and we would go swimming. And we would generally stay in the shallow end because that's where you could play volleyball and basketball and you do all the things. But like sometimes we'd do a night swim, me and my cousin Brandon, and and we would we would be in the shallow end, but we'd have our goggles on and we would go under the water and we'd look towards the deep end with your goggles on. And I just remember always, it didn't matter if I did it a hundred times, I would get this kind of sinking feeling in my stomach because it felt like what was safe in the shallow end and the deep end is this abyss that that is just bigger than I thought it was. Mm. And it's a silly illustration, but as we walk in a text, particularly like the Ten Commandments, one which I really hadn't studied in, in great detail, it is far larger than I ever imagined. Now, it should make sense, right? If Jesus is the word made flesh, right? And there is more to Jesus than we will ever be able to understand and experience. Paul would say, I'm begging, I'm begging that you'll experience the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of his love for you. So so if in him isn't, like if he is infinite and we are finite, it would make sense that God's word would be the same. Mm. If he's mm. the flesh... Uh, if he's the word made flesh. And so as we have approached the Ten Commandments, particularly as I've studied it, it is far deeper and wider and taller and more grand than I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's in some ways beautiful and terrifying yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Which is interesting because normally when you preach, you've got a passage, you've got maybe you know 20 verses or 10 verses or whatever that you're right. working through and trying to get through. And most of these, you've got Hmm. A verse or a two or three verses, yeah. right? Or just a few words, yeah, right? a few words. And and so when when I first heard where we were going, I was like, "Oh, how's this going to work?" But it's been beautiful to, mm-hmm. to see the depth of even that tiny, you know, maybe a, a word or a line, right? And mm-hmm. how deep you can go. Of course, you're you're bringing in other passages to go along with it, right? It has been. It, it's it's been different, I guess, than mm-hmm. what I expected mm-hmm. in my mind in a very good way. In fact, one one of the one of the deacons at my table said, uh, "I wonder what he's going to do when he gets to like don't murder." Well, <laughs> right. we'll find out on Sunday. There are a whole lot of words there. So, that's right. Josh, <laughs> did you feel with this one like the the weight of that? Like for the week, are just going to be scared? Like 
there's a lot here and I may say things that will step on people's toes? Um, yeah, I think I would have. So, so this is coming. And if you are following along, you know, the story, if you don't, then, um, two last Saturday, so not, not, not two days ago, but, but Saturday, a week ago from when we're recording this, uh, my, my mom was found unresponsive. Right. And so we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week. So go back and listen to it for the update. And she's, she's healthy now. And even just told the guys this morning that, that I had a great conversation with her, which is a beautiful thing and not a typical thing. So, so we're, we're taking the wins when we can get them. And so this week has been wild with my mom and dad, uh, in some ways that were great in some ways that weren't so great. Um, and so for me, this had all kinds of emotions attached yeah. to it. Hmm. And so Katie asked me Saturday night as we were laying down, she said, are you going to be okay tomorrow? Hmm. Because I feel like two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be numb and you're just going to truck through it. Or two, you're going to lose it on stage. Hmm. And she said, I don't know what to pray for you. <laughs> she said, I, I want whatever God wants for you. I said, well, you just pray that and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but as I studied, I know from the friends that I have and the counseling that I've taken part in that that people are going to fall into two camps with honor your father and mother. Yeah. Either the camp that, man, that makes complete sense because my mom and dad are great. Or the camp that says my mom and dad have not been great to say the least. Mm. I will not honor them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, we may find those, those camps intermingling at some point where we, we feel like mom and dad were great in the season of life. Therefore we will honor them. And then this season of life, not so much. And then they've made a rebound in this season of life. So I know it's complicated. Yeah. But it's just like anything we do. Mm. I, I'm curious because we're faithful to the word, faithful to mm. the text, mm. and the Lord's going to do what he's going to do. And so I think yesterday was okay. Yeah. I, I do yeah. think yeah. in a lot of life hey. groups there was a lot of bombs, quote unquote, dropped. But I think God in his infinite grace mm. safely held all of them in his hands and there, mm-hmm. people are working through stuff. I know at our at our table, Deacon's meeting the other day, that was, that was mentioned just the, how – you were able to provide grace for people, mm-hmm. but still hold on to the truth of Scripture mm-hmm. for people. Um, so that's why I asked yeah. that question. I was, you did you did a great job, man. I appreciate. Well, you. I think, and and I think you know, you, it, I loved that you you held the tension between those who who man maybe had a great experience with their parents and, and find it very easy to honor them, and and uh, and then that whole camp that maybe was on the opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, but I love the way that you started, and you went to to Matthew eleven, and uh, and then you you use the illustration of the yoke, mm-hmm. and um and and even put the pictures up on the on the screens about you know you've you've got the single yoke, and then you've got the double yoke, and Jesus says, you know, take my yoke upon you, right. and uh, and my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and and it was a great reminder that like, you know, we don't do we don't do what he asks us to do. In our strength alone. That's right, because you can't. Yeah. Right, and um, and so you know, for those who are struggling with that, and and even those who who maybe maybe they're not uh, defiant, like I'm, I will not honor my parents because right. you know they're not worth it. Mm. Uh, maybe they want to, but they find it hard because right. their experience with their parents was not was not great, and and needing uh, the Holy Spirit's power to do that. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, all that said, you know the. The whole illustration of the yoke, I think, was very helpful. I, I heard that in my life group is, yeah, uh, you know, I people found that yeah. really, really helpful. And the picture, uh, you don't do pictures a whole lot on, not, on the yeah, screen, but that, I thought that was a perfect use of a visual to help people understand what mm-hmm. it's talking about. And I had someone in our life group who's, I mean, they've they're, they've been a Christian a long time, been in church a long time, and they said that was the clearest explanation they'd ever heard of what that verse really is getting at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 
So, uh, so I guess maybe maybe some of the best use of our time right now could just be to talk about hey, what what does it mean? Because uh, you talked about the word um, honor, and uh, and you talked about it being a verb that means to to make heavier, to bring weight to, um, and and but how how do we practically honor our parents, our our father and mother? Like, what does that look like from a practical sense? And I know you, you, you talked about maybe that's different when we're younger two, two than when we're older, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, and maybe that there could be a lot more. Like, certainly, there, there probably is more iterations of the, the younger us and the older us. I, I didn't get that from Scripture. It's just it's mm-hmm. kind of a life thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, pro- and I made a comment because it was Together Weekend and I'm facing 800 <laughs> teenagers. Um, you know, the, the younger us, uh, according to Paul in Ephesians 6, were called to obey, like to honor means to be obedient to what they, they tell you to do. But as we get older, we're, we're no longer called to obey them, but we are called to respect them. And then somewhere along the way, those those two uh, probably are going to, to be enmeshed together mm-hmm. and then, then at some point separate. Uh, and so I, I don't know when that age is. I certainly wasn't going to sit in that room yesterday and say to a bunch of teenagers, uh, <laughs> say, hey, you know, you're finally at the age where you don't have to listen to your parents anymore. <laughs> or on the other end, to say, hey, you need to listen to every word your parent says. Because it's probably in those teenage years, at least in my experience, and, and even now as I am parenting a teenager, that those worlds are starting to blend mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. I do for Gideon, I do want him to be obedient in some things, but I also want him to be completely autonomous in some yeah. things where where he begins to make his own decisions and call his own shots yeah. and face whatever fallout comes from those things to help uh, in, a, in a safe place kind of learn yeah. those yeah. things. So. I think for me, it is um, how to honor my parents. It uh, the, the imagery of the scale um, was helpful. And so it's this... Uh, I think it is to not create caricatures of them that they become idols or uh, but not to create that they're the villains in the story right, right. but to thoughtfully try to try to better understand their story hmm. and and see them clearly mm-hmm. um, which allows me to have understand backstory and the reality is our parents do what they saw done in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, we're praying for the gospel to to intervene and create new life in our parents. The reality is they're they're repeating many of the the habits, the patterns that were uh, given to them, right? Um, and so they're doing what they know how to do. And so for me, it's it's important that I I reflect on when I engage with my mom now um, or remember my father. To one way to honor them is to have a more complete picture of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me it slows me down mm-hmm. and it uh equips me to engage my mom now mm-hmm. um in a way that is more complete rather than having knee-jerk reactions yeah. overly mm-hmm. positive or overly negative mm-hmm. um, but just to be more balanced mm-hmm. in how i see her and even as i reflect on my dad right and memories mm-hmm. um i think that's a good word because i think that's a a a sign of health or maturity um to be able to look at our parents at whatever age we are, and say um, they weren't perfect. They, they just like we are, had flaws. They, just like we do, sin and, and struggle. Um, but they also probably were doing the best that they could with what they had and what they were given. And sometimes I think that perspective allows us to not hold some things against them that maybe, maybe yes, they could have done it better, but maybe, yes, they they did it better than a generation before them as well. And right. so 
we can fall off either side of they were all wrong and never did anything good or they were perfect and it's uh, wrong for us to even say that they had a flaw. And I, I don't think either of those are healthy. I think somewhere in the middle when we see both sides hmm. is a healthier place to be. And I would hope that we would allow our kids the same grace to say, hey, one day when you look at us, you're going to you're going to see flaws in us. You're going to see things that we did wrong and that we could have done better. And we, we can admit that. Mm-hmm. But hopefully you also see some things that we were, hmm. we really were doing our best, trying our best and in those moments. With that being said, it doesn't excuse if there are, mm-hmm. if there was damage done. Sure. Right. Those have to be healthy relationships have to be cultivated and accountability for things that were damaging. Sure. It's right. not just putting our head in the sand and not ignoring yeah. those things. Right. That's exactly right. Now, I think there's a principle at play in all the Ten Commandments. So each one is going to it's going to have it's going to have a command, but it also has a, a principle that that backs it completely. Uh, and, and especially when you get to the the horizontal ones that mm-hmm. deal with with people. So that, so each one is going to have a uh, either do or don't do, and, and the principle is going to live there. And so I think one of the the underlying principles of of this command to honor your your father and mother is you don't write people off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you're going to be a Remember, the Ten Commandments were given so that the people could be priestly and that they could be holy. Mm. And if that's going to be true, then you can't be very priestly if you write people off just because they did something wrong or or even they lived a lifetime of wrong. Um, there is always redeemable uh, opportunity for people as long as we are on this side of eternity. And I think there is something beautiful about that. Now, I know um, that we had talked about it a little bit. There's nobody that can love us like our family, and there's nobody that can hurt us like our family. Um, they, they, I believe that, that God has instituted the family to hold a, a relationship that's different than anything else on the face of the earth. That's why that, that statement is true. Nobody can love mm-hmm. us like, like family, and nobody can hurt us like family. We didn't get into it yesterday uh, in the sermon deeply um, but I've, I've got a lot of questions um, in, in text messages and in mm-hmm. conversation. What happens when when your parents do hurt you? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you honor them? So maybe maybe they weren't just you know quote unquote deadbeat or, or or just aloof or not there. Maybe they physically or emotionally hurt you. What do you do then? Mm-hmm. We have two counselors in the room. <laughs> so thankful <laughs> yeah. you you brothers are here and all the education you have. But we have a lot of, of fallenness in this room, and we've experienced a lot of fallenness. And yeah. so how, yeah. how would you if somebody came to you and said Pastors, my my dad used to beat me. Mm-hmm. My mom sexually abused me. Like mm-hmm. like if if somebody brings that to you and say and, and God wants me to honor them, yeah. What's it yeah. look like? Yeah. Well, I th- I think the first thing is that's real. You know, we we don't ever want to come across as minimizing those types of things. Those are are horrendous situations that you're describing, and I don't think it's fair to say to someone who's been through that, hey, just pretend like it. Right. didn't happen. And so that's definitely not what honoring them means. I, th- I think for some people, honoring is a little bit of a, at a distance if that behavior was an ongoing sinful pattern versus a one-off, like you can hurt somebody unintentionally, you can hurt somebody, you know, uh, kind of randomly, and you can hurt somebody on an ongoing sinful basis. And in those situations, and we're talking about like an abusive situation, maybe a parent that was uh, it was abusive or neglectful, and sometimes honoring, I think, is just not looking for ways to say bad things about them, mm. but still being honest when those topics come up. So mm-hmm. some people, I think, um, navigate that well. 
Like they know their history is hard. They know their parent maybe did some really, really, not just bad things, but sinful things. Um, but they try in conversation to mm-hmm. find ways to not not over-villainize them in that process and still look for some good things. Uh, but for some people, it's honoring at a distance. I think through prayer, you talked about redemption, and I think part of that is, God, please redeem them. Mm-hmm. I may not be able to be in an ongoing relationship with them where we're talking every day because of the hurt of the past, but I will still pray for them, and I will still pray for your work in their heart, and I will still pray for, for redemption of their of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of the thing I would add to that would be if that's part of our stories, um, and we have examples of different types of physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, a combination of all those things often intertwined with religious stuff that kind of makes it really, really messy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best ways we can approach it is to ask for help with that because there may be um, practical ways to help think through what do I do with that. Mm-hmm. And so finding someone who is equipped to walk alongside of us and help us know how to engage conversations with our family, but also in the example of sexual abuse, knowing are there other things that must be reported. Mm-hmm. There's legal stuff and all those things. Sure. Um, and so to have someone who can walk alongside of you um, to then empower and equip you because I think part of that, those moments is and kind of going to the deep end of the pool in this conversation would be in examples of abuse, what we have is a loss of agency, a loss of voice, a loss of mm-hmm. of protection and mm-hmm. safety. And so having someone who can walk alongside of you um, and help you chart a course to regain those things where possible is is essential and very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um because most of us aren't naturally equipped to know how to navigate those. Mm-hmm. And we may go to one extreme or the other rather than right. holding the line and walking um, in the middle of both of those different mm-hmm. tensions. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really good. Is, is there a place here mm-hmm. at Broadmoor that could be helpful in that? Yeah, yeah. So we, we these are the types of topics that we often deal with at the Center for Hope and Healing. So we've got counselors that love to sit with people um love's kind of a weird word because you're sitting in the hurt with people sure. but they they love they being do. part of the healing process mm-hmm. of entering into those worlds and hearing uh hearing a story not just to hear the story but to walk alongside of that person and that person be fully known in that setting so that the counselor as neil was pointing out can maybe help them to think about it in different ways mm-hmm. um, maybe to break some ties you know one of the things that we often see in abusive situations is uh, a family history. And so it unfortunately often does get passed down generationally uh, in many cases. And so to be able to sit and talk to a counselor about what happened, um, not just to heal from from that wound, but also to protect yourself from inadvertently carrying some of that Mm. into your family as you create those families is important. Mm. I think think what you can expect as a church, I mean, obviously we still have a lot of room to grow in this area. And so what I think as we as we run behind our values of running to the hurting mm-hmm. and cultivating healthy relationships, um, not only with our past story as a church, but also moving forward, I think we'll have opportunities for conversations and training and discussions mm-hmm. over the next few months um, because it's an area we're going to have to be as, as pastors, yeah. as life group leaders, as mm-hmm. friends and brothers and sisters. Um, this is an area where we're going to have to... Um, be yoked together mm-hmm. right? so yeah. that the burden of, of walking alongside is not so heavy yeah. um, for mm-hmm. one person to do. And, and this, in the spiritual side, you mentioned that earlier, 
is important in the context of what we're talking about with family and honoring parents because for for many of us when we read scripture and we read about our heavenly father uh, you talked earlier about two camps Josh you know for some people they read about their heavenly father and and it's a beautiful picture right of okay I've got a father in heaven who takes care of me and loves me and and meets needs the way my earthly father does and it's a, it's a great p- picture beautiful picture and then for others they have a real hard time understanding that mm. there is a God who loves me because if he's called a father, then I don't know what that really looks like. I don't know what to mm. do the with that. The picture's different. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, before we recorded, Chase raised a question that I think is worth asking, um, and, and maybe it's on someone's mind that's listening, um, because maybe uh, maybe uh, someone's listening, they're a believer, uh, they they want to honor these commandments, um, uh, but then they uh, they look at their parents, and their parents are not believers. Does it matter whether your uh, whether your parents are believers or not? It's, it's uh, certainly a great question. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Principally, I don't think so. Let me let me start there. I don't I don't know that it is. I think there's a. Uh, Paul's writings, the idea of mutual submission, the, the, the posture of submission is a pretty big deal. With that being said, I think when our, when our parents ask us to do something that's contrary to the expressed will of God, I think it should create a sense of tension and we should mm-hmm. invite others to help us navigate those. How do we do that? As if we're a teenager or a child, mm. how do we, if it becomes obvious, invite others to help us navigate when our parents who may not be a believer or are but put us in conflict with what God has already expressed he would desire for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but principally, I don't... <clears throat> I think the principle is there. I, I was looking back at 1 Peter 3, uh, which is a passage more about husbands and wives, but I think the principle is the same there, and it addresses if you're, a, in this case, a wife with an unbelieving husband, um, that, that you still will try to, the, this word would be submit, but to submit to your husband... In the Lord, because through your behavior, it might actually win him over. And so I think the, the principle there is still, yes, obey children, obey your parents uh, or honor your parents, even if they're not a believer, unless it is going against God's word somewhere, unless it's leading you into sin or, uh, or something that's dangerous, maybe, or illegal, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we, we get here and we're, I think this is a, a fun place to be in the weeds. Um, and, and I think I heard both of you speak to it, but I, I'd like to be a little more um, clear on it if it would be okay. How are children to know? If children are called to be obedient, and, and of course we know that they shouldn't do anything, they shouldn't be obedient to their parents if it is illegal, immoral, unsafe, uh, against the, the expressed will of God. But for a five-year-old, mm-hmm. those things yeah. are, are not a known factor for them. How can a five-year-old... How how what does that look like to keep a child safe? What does that look like to keep a child um, like what what is is there a responsibility for the church? Is there a responsibility for the community around that child? What what is our role in in protecting children potentially from unsafe situations or less than great parents yeah. asking them to do things they shouldn't do? What's that look like? I'll, so for me, it is. Um, you guys can clean this up. To me, the church's responsibility is to equip the saints for ministry. Mm-hmm. So Ephesians 4.11, and part of that ministry is um, 
teaching us what to be looking for. Uh, there's a line in some of our training that we ask uh, or really require um, volunteers who are serving in leadership in Next Gen Ministries to go through. Right now we use Ministry Safe. And one of the principles they use in their the imagery is that we want everyone who's on the wall mm-hmm. to be looking for the same things so that if something doesn't appear right with best practices of what we're looking for where a kid seems to be not be being put in a good situation, that it it's our responsibility to have a conversation and help report that to someone to engage that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's the church's response for equipping the saints to know how to be on the lookout for those who are in need and in danger or in a tough spot, and then to have conversations, mm-hmm. to walk alongside. Not it doesn't always, it shouldn't be a posture of being punitive, right? but it becomes a disciple in conversation with ourselves so that if Josh Kinsley sees me as I'm engaging my adult daughter now, and he he sees something in that, even as she's 21, as my brother, he, he can come talk to me. Or if I see something, I'm watching him parent his young children. Mm-hmm. If we see something in one another, it's our responsibility to engage with a posture of humility and gentleness. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what the church should be doing is having more conversations about more difficult things. Mm-hmm. It's good. And, okay. and being open to accountability. I mean, I think everywhere in our culture, we, and our culture just tells us like, don't, we don't want to be accountable. We want to be our own selves. Right. Can I go back to even <clears throat> something Brian said this weekend is that we, we want to sit on the throne. We mm-hmm. want to not guide off the throne. We want to sit on it. But I think, especially in in the church, in the local church, in the Christian community, we need to be open to accountability and being open to not getting our feelings hurt. It may hurt, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been there. Like, sometimes it stings. Mm-hmm. But to receive that and go, mm-hmm. my, my brother or my sister is trying to make me better, mm-hmm. you know, right? Or is trying to – maybe better is probably not the right statement, but it's trying to keep me um, it, in that right relationship with God, like that I'm, I'm – giving him glory and honor by the way I live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's it's harder to think about that with a family that's not involved mm-hmm. right. in a church or a Christian community at all. Like how how do we or or maybe even for parents that don't go to church, maybe they maybe a kid comes with a grandparent or gets dropped off or mm-hmm. whatever and they are hearing this constantly. Right. And mom and dad are saying something different and especially for a younger kid but even for a teenager like how to how how do they in their mind go am am i honoring or am i not because i know in my heart or i know what scripture says that that's that goes against god's express will and so what do i and and yours is a your world is a is an example of somewhere where we probably would see a lot of this, right? Because yes. of what you just mentioned, you've got teenagers that can get in a car and drive. And so, you know, what happens when dad says, I don't want you going to church? And they're like, well, I believe Jesus wants me at church. You know, there, right. there, there are very real uh, situations that come out of that. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So and, it's and messy. It, yeah. And messy's got to be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's true of engaging uh, a family like we were talking about with a five-year-old um, mm-hmm. that, that they don't know, they don't, they don't right. have the ability to know necessarily right from wrong or knowing that what their parents are asking them to do isn't is the best, best thing. So, so it's messy to engage that for sure, but we should, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's messy 
to get in, engaged, you know, in, in that life yeah. of a teenager to, yeah. to, to know that that teenager has a, has, has been drawn in by the Lord. The spirit has, has awakened their heart to the mm-hmm. things of the gospel, but has evidently not wakened the parent's heart to the things of the gospel. And now in lies the tension that mm-hmm. lives there. And so should you say just simply, Oh, well just do what your mom and dad tell you to do. Yeah. Or is, is there a, a messier middle that as a church, we should always find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as a principle of, of ministry, um, I think especially at Broadmoor, we've got to remind ourselves of this. Uh, if we don't have mud on our boots, we're not very good at doing the shepherding job we have been trusted. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and I think um, where we live and, and how we do ministry, we can spend most of our days in meetings, uh, most of our days talking about ministry mm-hmm. and never actually doing mm-hmm. the ministry. And so we'll have a high and lofty answer or a thought Right, but never actually get into the messy middle mm-hmm. of ministry, mm-hmm. the very thing that God called us to do in the right. first place. And just mm-hmm. confession, like I feel that. Yep, I, I know what the right answer is. Right, I have a hard time going. How how do I walk along a student that may be dealing with that? That's right. Right, but like, I think that's I walk the key. The walking along, yeah, because. Yeah. If we're not careful, we could just look at a student and say, well, Here's the just do this or just do this right. instead of engaging them mm-hmm. and walking with them on that journey as they're talking to yeah. their parents and as yeah. they're wrestling through it. I was thinking, uh, as we're talking about this, uh, I was having a conversation with one who's much smarter on these kind of issues than me. And the, the feedback they gave was it's always important in these that we maintain a posture of teachability mm. and of – and if we, we go into these conversations that are messy, which we need to, yeah. mm-hmm. with a posture of being teachable, that helps us avoid making unnecessary mistakes because out of pride we think we have the answer. We have the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah. There was a statement I just read out of uh, we're starting a book with our staff called The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosario Butterfield. And it this is the line. I made it to the preface this morning and was like, I got to close that book. That's hurting my feelings. <laughs> but, uh, but it said, um, talking about hospitality and doing hard things with people, it means that we know that only hypocrites and cowards let their words be stronger than their actual relationships. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Hey, so uh, we've got uh, just just a couple of minutes left here, and uh, so I, I think before we before we sign off for today, uh, I mean, this commandment says this is the first commandment with a promise, and the promise is that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Mm-hmm. So um, let's, uh, let's let's spend just the next couple of minutes talking about what does that mean, like what. What is that long life or living long in that land? What's 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 he saying here? Sure. So so on the outset, right, is this command, although we individualize it all the time, was given to a people, not not just an individual. Mm-hmm. Although should be understood as you know, when it gets to the 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 how you deal the, the horizontal dealing with the people, I mean don't don't individually murder them, don't individually commit adultery with them, don't individually covet, right? Those things. But as a people group, God is giving them instruction that is going to help them live long in the land that God has trusted to them. So if they are going to as a group be priestly, as a group be a holy nation, then they as a group 
are going to be healthy if they honor their father and mother. If there's a principle of not writing someone off or being thankful for what God has given to you or being understanding of, of maybe even in the hard situations, God is provisional still in some way, form, or fashion, then that is going to bode well for them as they go into mm-hmm. a new land facing many hardships, but those hardships then allowing them to trust in God. So that's the general principle yeah. as they go. Uh, I think when we internalize it as an individual, we can create a bad hermeneutic or a bad understanding of Scripture and begin to say, well, if, you know, I jokingly said yesterday in the sermon that if you see somebody who is successful or old in age, man, I knew they were a mama's boy. I I knew that they were a daddy's girl, man. I can't Mm -hmm. believe that. Or, Or someone who dies early, earlier than we think that they should die, uh, or somebody who's not successful to think, well, maybe they didn't send their Mother's Day or Father's Day card. That's that's not what it means, although I think we can interpret it that way individually. It's it's meant for the collective. It's meant for the group. Yeah. And as I I was reading it, I was thinking, too, you know, if if this is written, this is given to uh, the Jewish people, you know, because I've been reading through the Old Testament. And, and you see time and time again how God allows them to be sent into exile. Mm-hmm. Like they are not in the land that he was giving them anymore because of their disobedience right. and their rebellion against him. And so, you know, I thought, well, hey, maybe there's a correlation there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, great discussion today. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being a part of it. And, uh, of course, we continue into uh, week six this next week uh, as we continue through the Ten Commandments. And this is all going to take us right up to the Easter season. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, to getting through the rest of these. Guys, thank you again. It's always great being on this, uh, this conversation with you and uh, love doing life with you. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Thank you. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.